0: Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown! Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs' kingdom history. It's time! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. out of the shotgun. Looks left. There's a lob for Michael Crouch. He caught it! He caught it! He caught it! The Raiders have the lead! 35-34! It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. That was a good start. That was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. All
1: right, we're back for a second hour. we got the big hour lined up for you. We'll have John Murray joining us shortly. And, of course, at the bottom of the hour, we will have Best Bets. Trevor Maddich will be joining us. Ralph Michaels is in studio with me. I'm Marco D'Angelo. It is a football Friday, and we're going to bring John Murray on. He is the executive director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Westgate Super book and John, thanks for joining the show. How are you doing today?
0: Good. How you guys doing?
1: Uh, I tell you what, uh, I'm kind of bummed today that uh, we had to be in studio because uh, mm-hmm. a little afternoon action, uh, horse racing wise, today in the sports book is the sports book jumping with yeah. the Breeders' Cup.
0: It's been good. Yeah, I've been watching the races all day. It's good to have it. Hopefully tomorrow is better than today in terms of the crowd, but can't complain too much. It was good.
1: Let's talk about uh, Thursday Night football last night and the uh, mm-hmm. first segment I talked about it. At the time, I didn't think it was that big because it was early in the fourth quarter, uh, so mm-hmm. I thought it was going to, you know, some more points would be scored, and I, I wouldn't feel as bad about having 45 and a half under last night as I did. But uh, the two-point mm-hmm. conversion uh, did that change the uh, ledger much for you guys last night, one way or the other?? Yeah.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it really, it really wasn't a much of an action game for us as far as like NFL time's game, NFL primetime games go. We just wanted Houston to cover. Uh, we we wanted Houston to win, of course, but that wasn't going to happen. So, just getting them to cover the game was. We, we were pretty happy with the result. There wasn't a ton of difference on the total.
2: Hey, John Ralph here. Uh, speaking about the Thursday night, you said it wasn't widely bet. How did the handle mm-hmm. compare to the World Series game?
0: Oh, it was still more than the World Series game. Uh, I, I just mean relative to a normal – like well, NFL is so far and away the biggest sport in the sports book. It's not even close. So for, for the baseball game to even be neck and neck with the NFL game says a lot about the NFL game. I mean, we, we've had – we had some Thursday night games this season where our handle was through the roof. Like uh, Chargers-Chiefs was one, and I think Bucks-Ravens was another. Uh, la- last night there just wasn't a whole lot of interest.
1: It's still better than having Washington in Chicago or uh, having Denver. That was a
0: struggle. <laughs> that was the, 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 uh, Denver, Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, I mean they, they're really Amazon's really getting their money's worth.
1: Absolutely, uh, John. Let's uh, shift over to the World Series, and I, I know we talked mm-hmm. about it last week. You guys have a lot of li- you know liability, as most books do around town with uh, Houston. When you go to Game Six now, and do you factor in anything whenever you're setting the number um, with the liability? If Houston, you know, do you try to get some action on we're, Philly?
0: We're okay. We're, we're we we do we do much better on Philadelphia, but we're okay on Houston. We we took some some big Philadelphia series price bets uh, before the series started, and we're, we actually win to both teams right now. We do lose some money on Philadelphia at the Superbook in New Jersey. But overall, we'll win. we'll win on either team. And unless you've got a huge liability in the futures book, it's really not a good idea to book that way game to game. I mean, just you're much better off just sticking with the market or if you have a sharp player or sharp players showing you the way, you can go that way. But getting into a situation where you're booking games based on your futures need is not a desirable spot to be. And thankfully, we're not there right now.
1: With uh, going to game six of the first five games in the book, obviously, um, how's the betting been as far as are the Joes cashing or the pros cashing?
0: I'd say last night I I would call them the Joes were cashing, but uh, otherwise it's been pretty even, pretty back and forth. Like in in New Jersey, we have a lot of money on the Phillies every game, and here we've been having a lot of money on Houston. So pretty pretty even, to tell you the truth. And I'm looking at the bets right now for game six, and we have exactly as many tickets on the Phillies as we do the Astros to the number. So, uh, so far it's very early, but so far it looks like another very evenly bet game.
1: Anything on the total uh, with your players?
0: No, nothing yet. I, you know, this is such a great pitching matchup. That's why you see such a low total. We get we're at 65 six and a half twenty right now. Nothing to report as of uh, as of right now. But people will start looking at this game a little bit more tomorrow.
1: Uh, so we'll talk about uh, some of the games that you are seeing some action here as we shift to football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go to the NFL first because we haven't really talked any uh, NFL games and. Uh, we'll talk with our local team. Uh, you seeing any action in the uh, Raiders as they play uh, the Jacksonville, team that I really don't want to be involved with, but yet uh, yeah. it's there. you got to handicap it. you got to look at it. Uh, how are you seeing that one?
0: A lot of money on the Raiders. Uh, we get that pretty much every week, although I will say it's not nearly as much as last week. I think the goose egg in New Orleans – Uh, Scared some people away. If you're talking about sharp action, the over, we got some really sharp play on the over here and in New Jersey. And we've moved our total all the way from 46 to 48 on the Raiders game. So the sharp guys seem to like the over. Maybe Trevor Lawrence uh, turns the ball over, gives the Raiders some short fields. Uh, Certainly a possibility there from what I've seen of Lawrence this season. Don't they usually give the teams a bye after they play in London? Wasn't Jacksonville in London last week?
1: They were, but they haven't been uh, they haven't been doing that this year. You know year. what,
2: John? It is up it is up to the NFL GM. They're the ones that decide the NFL. The NFL gives them the option to take the bye mm-hmm. or keep it at a different week. So that's completely up to the NFL teams what they want to do.
0: It's interesting I would, uh, I, would yeah. I would probably take the bye week but I guess uh, I mean I, I wouldn't want to measure myself up against whoever's running the Jaguars
2: well you know Trevor Lawrence now eight and 16 ATS as a starter and I did pull this out of the database since 2015 NFL teams that are off a shutout loss have gone 20 and 7 against the spread the next week so wow. uh, there is some pride and they have bounced back
1: yeah and John you said that that total that you are getting money on the over if you've I remember correctly. Last week, everybody and their brother was betting the over with the the Raider Saints game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they were, and 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 the Saints, I guess, held up their end of the bargain. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. I mean, I I all, all I can say is if it keeps going like this, I think Josh McDaniels will be back with the Patriots next season.
1: Yeah, that's not been a good uh, first season for him uh,
0: here, and then plus first, with. <laughs> If there is another season, it yeah. might be season one. I don't. I, I didn't like the hire at the time, and it's not going well. Uh,
1: talking about some other NFL games, where are you seeing uh, some sharp action this week, or where do you have some uh, big liability?
0: It's really sharp action on Carolina. You know, Carolina after that long throw to DJ Moore, they obviously should have won last week against Atlanta. They ended up losing in overtime. Carolina, when it was at 7.5, uh, we had some real sharp players take that. That knocked us down to 7. Right now we got the Bengals minus 7, minus 120. The Jets are, uh, are uh, I guess the, the, the wise guys finally found a number they like the Jets on, at least with our book, and they've knocked us down from 13 to 11.5. Buffalo's got some injury issues that they're dealing with. Uh, I guess they thought that number was... A little bit too high. And then the, the Chargers and Falcons is a game where we've had sharp guys on both sides of the game. So we've seen really respected groups laying three and taking three in different states. So good, really good two-way handle on that game. That'll be one of the more interesting games for us in the morning on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and you, you look at that uh, game with the Chargers in Atlanta and you talk about Carolina. Those two teams play on Thursday night, and I always like to look to see who the Thursday night game is because I think it, it affects the team the week before. And in this instance, it is going to be Carolina Atlanta. They would be playing for the second time in three weeks because, as you said, you had that thriller last week that uh, Carolina actually should have won the game, you know, kicking the extra yeah. point, but missing the extra point thanks to a unsportsmanlike conduct for taking your helmet off after you know a sensational play. I, I, you know, I'll go on my 10 second rant. Uh, you can do a choreographed celebration in the, in the end zone, and that's okay, but you make a sensational play in the final seconds of a game to the to winning touchdown, it should have been, and you take your mm-hmm. helmet off and you get penalized 15 yards. It's just, it is the rule, and you got to obey it. But I think that is the, mm-hmm. it's idiotic to call that in that position.
0: Well, NFL officiating is usually so reliable and, and logical that uh, a a scene like that was truly shocking. I don't know what DJ Moore was thinking. Everybody knows that rule. Everybody knows you can't take off your helmet. But you get that, caught, that. you get
1: caught up in the moment, you know. It it's like yeah. it, it was a and I the play it wasn't like it was a hail mary and he and he pulled it in. He got legitimately behind the defenders and it was a perfect throw and catch mm-hmm. for for game winning touchdown. I mean, I would have been celebrating too. It, it's dumb, but it is what it is. I'm just glad that uh, Atlanta did not end up scoring a touchdown uh, in overtime because I did have Carolina plus four and I, I definitely would that have,
0: would have been very fortunate. That was, that would have been a tough, a tough one there.
1: What uh, what other action are you seeing some uh, sharp play in? And you can, uh, if you got something in college, that's good too.
0: Well, they're they're um, they're definitely taking Seattle. Uh, Seattle is on the road against Arizona. I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury guy, and it just seems like it seems like we're not pricing the Seahawks correctly because we seem to get money on them every week. They bet Seattle last week against the Giants, the Seahawks won that game by two touchdowns. And, and Seattle's a team that's just we, – we just had them wrong coming into the season. I, at some point you have to just accept the fact that we were totally wrong about them. We thought they were going to be lousy. We thought they had traded away Russell Wilson and they were just hitting reset on a complete rebuild. And now you look up and they're right in the middle of the NFC playoff picture. Sharp guys seem to be backing them every week, and, and they're doing so again this week. Uh, you want to talk about college football. Mississippi State is, a, is one that we've seen a number of sharp players on. Uh, also, Iowa. I think they're at Purdue, if I remember that correctly. Yes. And everybody's on everybody's on Tennessee. So, just like about a month ago when Tennessee hosted Alabama and the whole world was on Tennessee, they won that game outright, and they're doing it again this week. So, Tennessee, I'm not calling it sharp play, but Tennessee uh, – Tennessee is one that we're seeing a lot of a lot of action on a lot of public money on the on the balls.
1: Yeah, I I look at Tennessee plus the points, and I know they got the job done with Alabama, but it seems like every week there's one dog that everybody wants to jump on. In mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, it was Penn State against Michigan. Everybody was on Penn State. Then it was UCLA going to Oregon. Everybody was on UCLA, and I just it makes me uh <laughs> woozy whenever i see everybody wanting to take a take the dog the i like to call it the sharp square dog and uh i am leaning to georgia but uh, we'll see how that one uh, works out on saturday uh john the uh, westgate super contest uh in full swing but uh if you <clears throat> haven't played yet you you got a chance for the reboot correct
0: yeah, you can still sign up for the reboot. It starts this week. This is week – or this is this week 9 or week 10? This is all, week All the weeks. Yeah, all the this weeks is week the nine. Same to me.
1: Yeah, this is week 9 this is for the NFL. Week, this,
0: feels like, this feels like week 30 to me. This is week 9? Okay, <laughs> okay, so I, I apologize then. Let me, let me start my spiel again. Okay. So the reboot starts next week in okay. week 10. So you have one more week to sign up. And then if you're in the Super Contest already – Next week, we'll start a new three-week contest, a new six-week contest, and a new nine-week contest as well. But you can still come in, sign up for the reboot right now. It's 500 bucks, and it covers those last nine weeks of the NFL regular season, which to me, it feels like we're past week nine. That, so I, that was my mistake. I, I feel like it's been a lot longer than that.
1: Well, it definitely, uh, the seasons blend together and all the sports (laughs) going on. And uh, you get started on uh, Monday. We got college basketball, uh, full swing. And I was talking, uh, Ralph Michaels is in studio with me, and we were talking the other day. We don't remember the opening day of college basketball being on a Monday, you know, because. Why would you want to compete with, um, you know, NFL? Let, you know, let Monday Night Football have their their day. And then, you know, you start mm-hmm. on a Tuesday and go all day long. But they're starting on Monday this year. Uh,
2: you
0: know, Mark. they? I, I thought that through. When did they think- do uh, – no, no, Ralph, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what I was going to say is when did they do those, like, 24 hours of college basketball? Was that not a Monday? Remember when they used to do that thing where they'd play all through the night?
2: Yeah, they started it Monday at midnight, but it was actually Tuesday. Monday at midnight. Okay, okay, yeah. I I got you. I think, Marco, they moved it this year. The season used to start about the 15th or the 13th. I think because of Election Day, they probably moved it to Monday because there's only like 10 college basketball games on Tuesday. So perhaps Election Day made them change this year, but I don't know that for a fact. John, by the way, there are 126 games next Monday in College Hoops.
0: Oh, I'm well aware of that. We've been, we've, been doing our, uh, cause we're, we've been working on our schedule. We put out our schedule every Friday. And, you know, the last – what are we talking about? Going all the way back to the end of college basketball season, Mondays are a pretty slow day. I mean, even during football season, yeah, you've got Monday night football, but you're not really super busy in terms of data entry and games and halftimes until this Monday. And, we, you know, you've got to move a few people's schedules around, change some days off. Make sure you have enough coverage. That's a lot of half times. There's no sport that's more laborious for the risk team and the, the bookmakers or the traders, as some people call them, than college basketball. College basketball is brutal for the guys back there.
2: I will say this. This year on that Monday, it kicks off at noon. Baylor plays Mississippi Valley State, and then Stanford mm-hmm. tips off at 11 a.m. Pacific. Against, uh, uh, against Pacific, and so they do have games scheduled starting at noon Eastern on Monday
0: morning.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's great. They have a West Coast team uh, at 11, 11 a.m. Uh, I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I,
0: I like this time of year in college basketball. I, I like going to those, uh, like, T-Mobile will have a few events and obviously the Maui Invitational. I mean, this is a – I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, college basketball is basically the best.
1: It is, but it also's got to be for you those those early weeks, um, that first week. I mean, we're all adjusting. You're doing your job, p- putting the numbers up and, and rating everybody how you feel they are in power rating, and we're doing our job, and it's you know us against you. How quickly or do you guys adjust to a number that those first uh, few uh, games uh, of the college basketball season uh, when you're getting respected mm-hmm. money?
0: Well, you better move quickly. You better move the numbers aggressively, and we'll we'll train our our newer people. to like. You don't move a total by half a point when you take a sharp bet from some of these guys. Sometimes you might move it by three and a half, four points. I mean, you talk about the bets that win at the highest percentage, I would say it's those first few weeks of college basketball from the sharpest syndicates, the sharpest players. Those bets win at a ridiculous percentage. And then that percentage lowers as usually as – I'm speaking in generalities, but normally as the season goes – their edge decreases as the market gets better, and they don't win at the same percentage they were winning at those first few weeks. But these first few weeks in November, December, those syndicates do very, very well. And you need to make sure you're moving aggressively when they bet. You need to know who they are, and you need to move quickly when they make a wager, and you need to try to write some money against them.
1: John, I would just reading between the lines there with you, and we've seen it mm-hmm. over the years, total's got to be the your... Where you have the most liability with the sharp players, I would think. Uh,
0: Well, yes and no. I mean, those are the best plays, but that's why you keep the limits lower. You know, you don't you don't have guys. I'm not going to speak for other places, but I I wouldn't advise you to let people bet ten or twenty thousand on a college basketball first half total. I mean, those are the plays where the players have the biggest edge. It's hard to write money back against it and it's just not you don't you want to make sure you're taking reasonable limits on plays like that because those plays win at a very good percentage and it's just hard to beat those players those players definitely have an edge against the book especially at the beginning of the season and anyone that argued against that would just be not being truthful
1: yeah, it's uh we appreciate you guys uh you know letting us take a peek behind the curtain all the time and, and see the interactions of the sports book and it, and it is it you know it's a chess game uh you know you you've got us against you and uh, the sharps and so forth and you got to adjust and then uh over the last uh you know with as the syndicates grow and things become you know even tighter uh we see sometimes uh if you want to use the term a first bet head fake uh, will send something one way, and then uh, later on, you know, when it's later in the day and the market has moved, you start seeing money come the other way, and it comes hard and late. Uh, you, would you, you agree with that?
0: See, oh, there's no doubt about that. It's, you def, but you're not going to get that. Uh, I'm not going to say never, but you're not really going to get that on the half times. Okay. And and those those halftime and first half plays are the ones that. The players seem to have the most success with, although they do well in the games too. and of course you you've got to be prepared for fake bets on those totals. and that's why you really need to make sure that your team has a good idea of what the number should be. If you have a good idea of what the number should be, it's easier to spot the fake bets.
2: John, how much harder is it in college basketball? Now with the transfer portal, we've seen what a big difference it is. I mean, you used to be able to look at recruiting numbers and say, this team has zero returning starters, this team has five, Mm. this team doesn't return a point guard. But the influx now of, I mean, the recruiting numbers are really out the window, and and you're starting to get transfer ranks as well. Does that make your job harder
0: or easier? I I think it makes it somewhat harder on college basketball, but where that really makes it harder is, is college football bowl season. You know, booking those college bowls last year was an absolute nightmare. Because you had all these players in the transfer portal, or maybe they're going to enter the draft, or maybe they have COVID, and we had no idea who was going to play in a lot of these bowl games. In college basketball, at least you can read up on who went where, and you should really look at the coaches of these teams to see who's going to be able to do a good job of integrating these new players into their rosters. Uh, There's just some coaches I trust greatly and some coaches I don't trust at all, so that's where I'd start there. But I think that transfer portal is a lot harder in football. I mean, look, look at that LSU bowl game last year against Kansas State where the whole LSU team decided not to play.
2: Yeah, Ohio, uh, that, well, that, Ohio
0: State's two wide receivers in the
2: Rose Bowl as well. You know, it, yeah. it was the same situation.
0: That That's a nightmare. Booking the bowl games uh, the last couple of years with the transfer portal and the draft and COVID – uh, it was it was really tough. And, and I, I think at least in college basketball, you can pick up a, a rib, uh, blue ribbon or one of the other preview magazines and you've got, you've got an idea of what the team's going to look like, especially based on the coach. College basketball, so much of it runs through the coach.
1: Yeah, it's got to make it tough uh, for you guys. And the bowl games, the problem is they're so far out and you guys want to get the number. You know, everybody wants to be, you know, first to the market, you know, but mm-hmm. then you're sitting there with a number that's, you know, 3 weeks away and like you said, the minute somebody gets word uh, of somebody being out, you know what happens as soon as you get a big bet. <laughs> you know, if you if you didn't get it first, you're going to get it in 30 seconds and uh you'll oh, know that's true. you'll you'll know right away and it and it always seems that uh somebody knows somebody before it goes Public. <laughs> I, uh...
0: Well, we used to we used to put up the bowl game lines right when the bowl game matchups were set, and you could do it with confidence that at the very least the teams were going to try. I mean, yeah, yes, you might have a couple players that are not going to play because of the draft or because of an injury or maybe an academic suspension, which would happen sometimes over like the Christmas break. They would take their finals for the fall semester. I did see that before, but now you just don't even know if they care at all about the bowl game and. It's, I appreciate this segment, too, because you guys are giving me a chance to talk about how hard our job is <laughs> and, and, and lending this, like, sympathetic ear. So, uh, no, that, that's a, I'm already dreading the bowl season and, and just thinking about all that. I'm not really worried about it as much in college hoops. I'm excited about college hoops.
1: Yeah, well, we always say, you know, the books have the advantage because, you know, you're dealing at minus 110, um, mm-hmm. and you've got to put up you know a game a number on every game where at least us as you know the betters we don't have to bet every game we can pick and choose what games you know we like and where we feel that we have the edge you got to be right uh you know not right on every game but you have to have an opinion on every game so to speak to set that number to, to see where it's at so i don't envy you guys i'm probably one of the few guys that actually respect you guys a lot more. Everybody thinks they're, they're smarter than the book, but I, I give you guys credit. Uh, every, time a game fall, every time a game falls, like, you know, you got a total like last night. It was 45 and a half. They don't make the, the two-point conversion. It falls on 45. You know, they kick the, you know, you kick the extra point like you're supposed to, but you guys land right on the numbers, you know, a, major, a good majority of the time. So I give you guys your props.
0: Hey, John. I don't know. I mean, th- those people on gambling Twitter are pretty smart. I mean, just, just <laughs> if you read their tweets talking about themselves, you can tell how smart they are. That, well, they are. So, I don't know about that. They're
2: never wrong. I do have a, a, a simple NFL question. Maybe it's not simple, okay. but a very general question. You know, with the advent of, of first quarter, first halves, and all the extra bets, how much, of mm-hmm. a, how much of an NFL 100% pie on a Sunday is straight sides? How, many is, how much is what percentage is straight totals? And what percent are the other bets?
0: Straight sides for the and totals for the game. Yes. Uh, I don't. Gosh. I, don't, I mean, it's a lot less than people think it is, because I don't know exactly what it is. But I know that sometimes I'll, I'll send out the the to the executive team here like what teams we're rooting for, and I try to keep it like very basic because they're not all big sports fans. And then when it doesn't play out exactly how it, it should have based on my text, I'll be like, well, we lost on this first half, and this second half, and this first quarter, and this live wagering. I mean, as you add more and more of these markets player props, the, the game side bets become less and less of your handle, and those game side bets are where you the market is the strongest. So you usually have a good hold percentage on that, so that's going to dilute the hold percentage a little bit as you add more and more and more of these markets. Uh, I don't really know what the percentage is. I'd have to look it up, but I'm sure whatever it is, it's lower than ever because you've got more markets now than ever before, which makes it harder to hold.
1: Absolutely. And we've, I mean, just go back to, you know, Super Bowls when we talk every year, whenever they do the recap of how much money's bet, every year you guys, you know, seem to keep, you know, breaking the previous year's record. And it's because. Mm-hmm. One, you got more people betting now, but two, there's more things to bet on, and you know, so you're constantly putting more money in, you know, into action. And it's, it's not your old, you know, father's football where you're betting either the side or total, and, and that's it. No. You know so it's definitely a, a market, and that's one thing that you know, we were, are starting to get more and more here in Vegas, but we will see it the uh other states opening up and offering all of the different options is you know forcing you guys's hand you know the different books in nevada to have to start offering more things as well so that's good for everybody involved both the players and the house in my opinion
0: uh sometimes but you know you get you know you because we we offer all that stuff in, in the other states that we're operating in and it's it's tough. It's tough to integrate those all those markets and keep an eye on all of those bets. The players definitely have an edge, especially when you get into some of those really specific player props. And it can be tough to manage. And that's why you see lower limits on that stuff. And that's when you see our friends on gambling Twitter and you know they don't they don't handle stuff like that very well, very emotional group.
1: Yes, they are, uh, John. As always, we appreciate you stopping by the TC Martin show. We'll be back there live uh, at the Westgate Superbook next Friday from two to four. Look forward to talking to you in person. And uh, if you're playing the Breeders' Cup, good luck, uh, John. Cash a couple of tickets today.
0: Well, I can't do any worse than I did today. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, I'll be around next Friday.
1: All right, John, take care. Uh, take that care, was John Murray, the executive director of the SuperBook at the Westgate, and if you have not been to the SuperBook, you are missing out. One of the premier sports books here in Las Vegas. This is the TC Martin Show. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, you know what time it is. It's
0: Best Bets. What's up, y'all? This is Simba. You checking my boy, TC Martin? talking about what's happening.
1: All right, welcome back to the T.C. Martin Show. I'm Marco D'Angelo in studio with Ralph Michaels. It is football Friday, and it is time for best bets. We're going to bring Trevor Maddich on. Time for best bets here on the T.C. Martin Show.